Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today, I am really excited because my guest, Michael, is actually right here in the studio with me, so this is going to be a lot of fun. But the whole purpose of Align with Lina is to bring you guests, ordinary people who, just like Michael, just like me, just like you, are undergoing an extraordinary spiritual experience. What does this mean is that we are in the process of waking up, coming out of our idea that we are small and insignificant, and beginning to behold a mystery that is so vast and grand that most of us will spend lifetimes trying to figure out what it is. However, when we begin the process of awakening, we begin to align with that mystery. Something inside of us begins to call to call us into alignment with the truth of who we are, the truth of what everything is. So Align with Lina is nothing more than to give you just one of the many paths to that alignment. And today we're going to find out how Michael came to his alignment. I'll share a little bit about mine as well, as I always do. But more importantly, I just want you to re receive whatever resonates from this and whatever doesn't resonate, just let it go. Um, just take the goodies. That, that's really what matters. So welcome again um, to Michael. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you, Ina. Yes. So honored to be here. Huh, it's such a pleasure. So let's start where I start with everybody. Mm -hmm. What happened? How old were you? <clears throat> what was going on when you first began to realize that there's more to life than what you have been taught, than the obvious, than maybe what you thought was true yeah the, the the biggest thing for me that i think started the uh expedition we'll call it is um i was around 17 and um got uh a pretty uh special present from a friend of mine it was some um, what we called in that day orange sunshine some hallucinogenic medicine that and this was in the 70s, so uh, a lot of my friends in high school and various uh, groups I hung with were experimenting with mind-altering substances. So I figured I would try that. So yeah. hallucinogenic medicine, you mean drugs? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I would call it, yeah. Yeah, but, but it is. It is a medicine. Uh -huh, and it's a medicine that releases chemicals that are already within us. It was yeah. very pure um, LSD, so, um, and it was a little pill that was orange sunshine, it was orange. I thought you were supposed to eat the whole thing, but you actually wanted it, you know, it opened up and there were like 15 little tabs inside of it. <laughs> so I just ate the whole thing, not knowing it was supposed to be more. Wow. Um, and and that <laughs> kind of blasted me open. And um, I wasn't sure what had happened. And, and really this didn't come, even become clear to me till I got to be in my 40s or 50s, but we experimented with uh, that energy because for about two or three days, it was completely altered dimensions, awakened awareness. Everything was connected. I could see energy wow. with my hand through walls, that kind of thing. It was like, what the hell? And I understood how Jesus walked on water, how he could calm the seas, because it was all energy. And if you become one with that energy, you could do it. But it blew my mind. I thought, well, if you can't live in a 3D world in this state. So when I, and I didn't know if I was coming down, that was the scariest thing. Um, but it did blast me open, and I look back at that as that was the launch pad, and it happened for a reason. There's no doubt about it. I was supposed to experience that and see all that. Then probably the next, 
you know, 30 years, I was really putting that experience together going like, well, I think that goes back to what happened when, when I was blasted open, but I have to went back to life. I said, well, I got to get a real job and deal with mom and my brothers and my dad and just live and then get married and have children because that's what you're supposed to do. But none of that made much sense to me, although I tried to do it all and um, succeeded in a lot of it, but something was always missing in that little window I looked into when I was 17 and um, I'd seen much, more, much more than I imagined. I kept peeking at me and so after my marriage uh, dissolved, I had uh, two beautiful children from that marriage. And uh, Kath and I went our separate ways and I moved to Atlanta. And uh, that's when I became a carpenter and the strict regimen of carpentry and really creating and being hugely paying attention to the tools and this stuff that could hurt us any moment. I had to become very good at it. And it taught me an immense amount of focus. And in that focus, I drifted into what, you know, what they call the flow, in the flow. And in the flow, I kept seeing all the energy that I'd experienced on the acid trip. And I went like, huh, that's interesting. I can get there just if I focus and I can truly create something. That was what it was about. It was a creation. Yeah. So as I created these beautiful pieces of woodworking, I got very, very good at it. I would disappear. I would start work and then it would be getting dark. And I'd go, Oh, I guess I should stop working now. And I'd stand back and look at what I built. Go, God, I, where, where did that come from? I was in that zone. And those same chemicals that had been released in me when I was 17, showing me it's possible, were actually already inside of me. <coughs> Excuse me. It was a matter of tapping into them. And it's all, you know, I'm not sure of the names of all of them, but it has to do with DMT and the pineal gland and emotional oh, yeah. stuff and that are released in your system as the feel-good chemicals, I call it. Well, they're also very creative and they allow us to see the connection of all things. Because very often I would cut a piece of wood and bring it in and hold it on the mantle, go up and I'd take it out and I'd get another one. And the client, a lot of them would go, what? You brought in like three pieces and you didn't put any of them on and out. Well, they're just not the right one. It doesn't, it doesn't want to be there. And they go, ah, and I go out, <laughs> you know, you talk to the wood and I go, I do. And uh, well, some were okay with no that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of them thought that, but I kept getting hired because they're like, this guy's out there. He's nice. He creates stuff just because he talks to the wood. So most clients didn't mind that, but a couple did say, uh, as soon as I'd stop and I'd lean in, you know, like, and they go, please don't tell me that the wood talks to you. And I go, oh, yes, yes. I talk to the wood and the wood talks back to me. And they were just a little concerned now. And I go, well, it told me it didn't want to be there. And I would just, I felt this was all normal. I thought it's energy. Everything's energy. And it's why I work as a sound therapist now. I'm so into vibration. Everything vibrated to me and spoke to me. Whether it was a piece of wood, the tool I was using. Like I knew when to step away from the cut. If something was going to snap, I would take my hand off the saw. And sure enough, like there was a knot inside the wood and it would explode. And I'd go, yeah. how do you know that? I, go, I, don't, I don't know. That's the mystery. Yeah. And I love the mystery. Yeah, well, hold on a second. You have said so much. Have I? <laughs> I? I could spend three of these conversations just unpacking what you said because I want to make sure that I give the the listeners um, an opportunity to be able to to sure. participate. So if anybody has any questions, I want you to join in. But here's Please. the thing. Um, so at 17, mm. you uh, 
unbeknownst to you, you take a way grander dose of these chemicals mm -hmm. and it opens up something in you. But they would call it hero's dose these days. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so these chemicals, like you said, it's all natural. We, we have this stuff inside of us. It begins to open you up to experiencing more than what you were taught about this three-dimensional world. Yeah. So then you begin to have these incredible sensations that you're you're expanding with everything. But like all good people, <laughs> normal uh, conditioned people, <laughs> you go in to live your life the way you were taught you were supposed to. Yeah. So you're really walking around with it inside of a paradox. You know more than most people will ever know. And now you've contracted your knowing to the finite knowingness that the world is comfortable with. Yeah. This is what you yeah. do, and this is yeah, the line that you follow. Like, Put uh, the blinders like on. That's not happening. I just, yeah. yes, that's all, because that's what people expect. That's what people expect. Yeah. So I, I just want to kind of uh, And in that day, you. I didn't want to get put in the hospital, because they were like, we, yeah, we think he's crazy. I'm not crazy. crazy. Totally. But to them, they're like, you're not crazy. You just experience God. Um, so I behaved. So you behaved. I, I totally get that because, you know, this is really important that we highlight this. A lot of people go through experiences like this. Huge. Um, I have, doing what I've been doing now for 12, 13 years as a coach, one of the privileges of my job is, my, my, my joy, is I get to talk to people about when they have that moment where, all of a sudden things snap. The who am I question gets activated. And many people have experiences that take them to the place that yours took you. Now, I had that experience on a table of an energy healer. And it was a 45-minute. Uh, people have described, my son has described to me his LSD trip because that's when he experienced um, his connection with all that is was when he was on drugs and he was between 14 and 18. I experienced it on the energy healers table. I've had clients that experience that that expansion into allness um, through a near death experience, through a cancer oh, yeah. diagnosis, through the death of a child, the death of a parent. Um, some people have experienced it spontaneously gardening or yes. painting. Yes. So. Let, Our accidents, a lot of people, a tragic accident. Tragic accidents, it, it, it yes. Snaps them wide open. Totally. Yeah. Those, those things. So, so I want to just kind of highlight that we will have that moment of transcending the 3D world and, and expanding beyond that whenever the time is right for us. So exactly. I don't want people watching this to say, oh, I want that. And why have, hasn't that happened to me? Um, because point. because it is it's something that is it happens when when there's a readiness and I'm a student of the Course in Miracles and in the Course in Miracles one of the things that I've come to realize is that the script is written in a way where things are going to happen at the right and perfect time so there is a grand master creator that knows every single hair on our heads and knows <laughs> every single person every single lifetime every single situation and we're being matched at the right and perfect time with the right and perfect circumstances mm -hmm. so let awakening happen when it happens for you mm -hmm. but what i want you to focus on is what 
happens, when awakening happens, so that when you have that experience, you will have, because of our examples, a little bit of a roadmap on how to navigate that. Because the second thing that you said that is so typical <coughs> of just about everybody is it because one of two things happens. We go into the back into normal. We, we retreat into what we're supposed to do yeah. or it alters us and leaves us somewhat altered and open. And in many ways, it's like you don't ground yourself back in. Yeah, some people don't step back. Some know? people don't step back and stay it's out. It's all there. very interesting. It is, and not none of it is right or wrong. And that's yeah, that's their path. It's yeah. their path. It's their. In my state of life now, I see it as so many people I know are on their particular section of the path, and I can see a lot of the energies around that path and what they're doing, what they're drawing to them, and have these wonderful conversations with them. But no, I'm, I don't guide or lead them in any way i just support them right where they're at because it's exactly where they're supposed to be at and at some point you said script earlier at some point there's always a point before any of our existence where there was a huge meeting and we all agreed what would happen and we agreed <laughs> who would do it for you look look when we're on earth i'll do that for you oh thank you you're not going to like me on earth when i do that oh sure i will i'll know it's you or you will not so they show up in your life and they do these magical things. And if you thought that person devastated my life, and of course, seven or eight years later, or however long it is, you go like, oh, that's Hindsight. one of the most important things that happened to me ever. That person was one of the greatest teachers I ever had. I, hate, I hated them, though. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, totally. It's one of the beautiful things. Let, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's kind of unpack that one, too. Yeah. Because one of the things that has happened for me since having that experience, that what I call it my encounter with source. Nice. And there was a merging into the all that isness. And it's, I, I received a lot of knowledge, maybe all the knowledge that there is, which was just a real sense of knowingness and peace. Indeed. But one of the things that began that happened in that moment is I realized the interconnectedness of everything. everything. So what you're talking about, is one of those things that if you allow yourself to receive this gift, it changes life forever, which is to understand that we are all one. We are all related. Even before our physical experience, oh, yeah. we are communicating. Especially before our physical experience. Yeah, that's exactly. this, this huge, well, I'd call it a bundle of energy. It's yeah. everything. There is no separation. Yeah, yeah There's none. Of course, we're Godzillion points of light that, that express the one. But the beauty is that we can be that and be whatever point of light we want to be. And we're not going to agree with all the points of light we see. But they're all expressing at some point the same truth. Now, it's their truth. The final truth is that there is no truth. One of, the, one of the craziest statements you'll ever hear. But it's true because your truth can change with each moment. And then you're shown that, wow, that truth I really thought was a truth is much deeper than I thought. And I was arguing with somebody the other day about it. Oh, my gosh, they were right. But I didn't see it from their point of view. It's a beautiful thing, really. And you start opening to all points of view. And you realize that every point of view contains all points of view. And that I only saw my point of view for some, for some yeah. reason. But now that I see them all, actually, it makes me giggle a lot. I giggle and laugh a lot because I see the, the absolute complexity of this simple thing. Yes, it and it, it is. It's such a simple thing. <laughs> but it's incredibly complex. But yeah. it's, it, the source goes, 
not really. Yeah. But we see it as very complicated, especially in a 3D world. You see it as yeah. incredibly complicated. You know, and <laughs> one of the things that actually was so helpful to me is that um, I began to look at everything in two ways. There is the way of source, which is that non-physical, eternal, no conditions, pure mm -hmm. love. Um, and then there's the way of the finite, the 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 sense of separation, the conditional love that we are trained to operate in. Yes. And from this perspective of the human side, no, we there is no truth. There, Every one of us has a truth. Yeah. But from the place of creator, there is a truth that is consistent for everything. I agree. And when I begin to hold that, that paradox, <laughs> that's when things began to make more sense which was, again, the paradox <laughs> that I was wrong began to make more sense. Yes. But what began to make more sense was that I was becoming wrong so that I could actually know what God knows is right. Exactly. So and you realize that that wrong wasn't wrong. It was part exactly. of being right. It's like I had, I had to understand it as the polarity yeah. so that I could see, oh, the whole thing is truth. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know? Well, so many times I go, Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then I giggle. I thought, like, oh my God. Totally. Constantly in that state of childlike wonder. It is childlike wonder. Yeah. And I think humor, um, humor, I think, is our greatest guru. Laughter is the greatest guru we can run into. And I think, personally, vibration exists. Everything vibrates. We're all vibrating bits of matter. But one of the things I came into in one of my visions and meditations was I think everything's vibrating because God's source, energy, love, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the all that is. Is giggling yes. the whole time and everything vibrating because God's laughing. He's like, "You crazy humans! <laughs> I, I gave you free will, all of this stuff, all the infinite power, same as I. And look what you've done! It's crazy. It's you know, kind of funny. This, so gives me, this gives me a great idea. <laughs> everything." My, my next pickup line. Next yeah. time I'm going to pick up somebody. Hey, baby, you look like a beautiful vibrating piece of love. <laughs> I wonder how how the uh, person who reacts to that would be a good mate. Yes, <laughs> a good the, partner. The one who gets it. Oh, yeah. thank you for noticing my energy. Yeah, that's right. Nice. <laughs> you, just, you notice that. Absolutely. I dressed in a very nice interview today. <laughs> yeah. So share with me, knowing the importance of laughter, knowing the importance of needing to lighten up. I mean, they call it enlightenment for a reason, not oh, a darkness. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Very Talk nice. about very how, how that humor, and, and kind of go back to the times when you were 3D, when you were totally, completely in the illusion. How did humor help you as you were navigating this journey? Because a lot of our, the people who are going to listen to this, they're in different places of their awakening. Some are in the very dense, yeah. painful part of the journey. Some are intermediate, some maybe more. Yeah, they don't see any humor Some may be way past us. Yeah, um, sure. And they're laughing at the silliness of what we're talking about. But how did you begin to work with this awareness of Good what question. was happening, and then you're still working with, you know, marriage and children and paying bills. How are you beginning to weave? Because for me, it was a very gradual weaving in the truth into my life. It's like I would bring in a little bit of truth, and I would drop an, an old story. I would bring in another little bit of truth, and I would drop an old belief. And the humor came through my seeing 
that I was always doing the same thing. I was picking something up and dropping something off. How did that play in your life with the serious things, serious things that you were going through, like marriages oh, and divorces yeah. and children? And, you know, suicide and death and anger and bitterness and uh, loss of jobs. And, yeah, all of that seemed awful at times, but um, I really feel, I call it enlafterment. There's enlightenment and there's enlafterment. Enlafterment lives that. right next door to enlightenment. And I really felt... I've always found the humor in things and been kind of a funny guy. And I was always drawn to funny people. If someone was too serious, I, I didn't seem to remember them or remember anything we talked about. But if I talked to someone and there was humor in there, still to this day, if I go to seminars or I go to see someone talk, if the whole thing is serious, the next day I couldn't tell you much of what they said. But if somebody brought humor in and they giggled about it and I laughed and People next to me laughed and the room lightened up every few moments on very heavy subjects. Some are very deep topics that the seminar might be about. But in the middle, there's this huge lightness. Yeah. That to me is God. I think I was yes. bringing the lightness into it. And it's um, lightness agree. because it's light, right? Yeah. So humor has always worked for me because of the, the way it made me feel. And then I think personally, too, as I grew up and did some... Uh, genetic voice printing and different things I've done to increase my own self-knowledge, um, I learned that it was one of my defense mechanisms, too. So I had to delineate between, well, sometimes I just laugh things off because I don't want to deal with it. Other yeah. times I laugh because it helps me go deeper into it. How do I determine the difference of those? Totally, it's totally crazy. relate. Totally <laughs> yeah. relate. Yes. You're like, it's just a wound you're laughing right now. Because I didn't, I didn't feel that. Yeah. But apparently... Everyone else in the room did it. And I felt that I was being, it was my way of defending, uh, I don't want to be a mob. Yeah. I'll just giggle it off. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I it was definitely, a weapon almost. And I went, oh, that's not good. Anything can be weaponized, <laughs> no, yes. No. I definitely used laughter <laughs> to uh, sarcasm primarily. Oh, yeah. To really, sarcasm's a nasty uh, sword. Very, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. To really, um, some people are very good at it. It's like, oh, that. I, I funny, but like, that hurts, man. He stabbed me. That hurt bad. Yeah, you know? but it, <laughs> but it was, you know, like again, there, there's no right or wrong. It was just I learned it. It's other people did it. We, I, it, it's popularized. Um, so sarcasm was one of my masks, but nice. like you were saying, the 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 lightheartedness, um, the joyfulness of a child, which never, a child never giggles to hurt anybody. Never. But as adults, we learn the weapon that laughter can be. Yeah. You know, laughing at somebody else or at yourself. But how did you then get comfortable seeing these two uh, sides of you in laughter and begin to come to that place where the laughter wasn't a running away, um, a mask, but it was more of who you were? I think I found that truth just from living and, and coming across it and realizing that um, I, 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 once I knew I was using it as a defense mechanism and to scoot around things to get away from situations, I was able to stop doing it because the awareness of, of behavior, for me at least, is sometimes allowed that behavior to exit because sometimes the behavior seems like another entity. And this probably goes back to my early experience with seeing all it is. For me, I could see it as a behavior and I could actually go, you know what, that's not a good behavior for me as a caring, loving human being. So I decided not to use that behavior. 
other behaviors seemed to know me enough where they knew that if I saw them, they didn't have a chance, so they would just exit. And I was like, one of the most beautiful things about realization of, of uh, knowledge within your own self is that some things you see that do not serve you, they're detrimental to you. As soon as they know that you see them, they exit. You don't have to do any work to get rid of them. They're like, yeah. oh, God, he saw us. Well, he's not going to use us anymore because we were very good at hiding in him. But now that he sees us, we don't have a shot. Other things will battle me. They go, oh, he saw us. We're still going to do it. How's he going to behave? I realize I have to do more work. And that's when personal journey work comes in. And nowadays, it's not really so much with any drugs. I do it through sound. I'm a vibrational sound therapist. So sound works very well for me. And I sound with genetic voice printing. One of the things I do is based on the, the vibrations of my voice. No matter, I can hide my voice, talk in a fake voice. doesn't matter. It reads the truth within the system of me. So that has worked very well for me to identify and uh, greet. I like to greet the issues with me because some things, one thing I had going with me was abandonment. And uh, because I'd lost a lot of friends to uh, either their own hand or various diseases or just relationships didn't work out and it was gone. I felt abandoned, but I never admitted to that. That turned into denial, a little fear, shame, and guilt. And I was like, oh my gosh. So those things would pop up. I remember working with um, one of the ladies I worked with, Alania Hoffler, and she said, boy, things are popping up in your program about um, abandonment and, and denial is pretty heavy. I said, well, denial, that's got to be wrong. I thought, oh, you just denied denial, Michael. Come on. You know? <laughs> well, I don't have it. That's why. She's <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, if, if I'm as good at denial as I am at most things I do in my life, I seem to be very good at things. Yeah. Then I must be very good at denial, too. So I didn't even know I had it, and I denied it. Until yeah. I witnessed it and went, oh, God, it's a very powerful thing. But, but you know, <laughs> that, that is something that I have yet to find anybody that I've worked with. And now 12 years of coaching and teaching consistently, it's a lot of people that I've worked with. Everybody has the abandonment issue. Everybody has the denial, the shame, the guilt, yep. the judgments, the righteousness. And no, I didn't think I did. Just like most of you, I don't. I don't think I, I did. I don't know my friends, but I don't. Thank God. <laughs> oh my God! You don't admit to it. That's when I get like, oh, yes. that's, you're so funny. Yeah. Yeah. You just haven't come to that witnessing yet. You're like, yeah. You do not observe yourself in that. Not at all. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and those are those are those practices that I began to develop, and it sounds like you did too. So you open up and you realize there's more. And if I had to give it a word to what I experienced, it was the most unbelievable. I'm going to call it peace joy because it was a like peace it. and a joy <laughs> that was so you couldn't separate them. Yeah. Um, and when I felt that, then everything else in my life was measured by that stick. Am I in alignment with that peace and joy or am I out of it? Very good. And that's when the curiosity, well, how do I get back there? And the only way that I could get back there is I had to pay attention to what was I thinking? What was in my mind? What was that, that egoic sense of separate self yes. that held all of those, those things that, that are not true about our divine nature, but are part of the human experience? So nice. it sounds like you went through a sorting out of the human stuff and the divine stuff, what you experienced in your trip and what you were experiencing. Yeah, it was an awareness. While you were here. You know, I, I like to think of it as um, 
call it awakening, but there's a constant awakening that's never done. We're constantly, as we awake to more stuff, we see there's more stuff to awake to. Yeah. But awareness is a, is a better term, I think. I'm, I just became aware of my particular behaviors and being able to witness them once again. Some disappeared just because I was able to witness them. Yeah. Other other things were, um, some of the work I did with genetic voice printing was fabulous because it was like being wide awake in your subconscious. And the computer's a very good analogy for this. Inside of me was these immense programs running. And once I saw them, some just shut down because I saw them. They, they knew that they had been observed and, and um, witnessed, so they, they shut down. Other ones, it was like a bank of switches that I could go and I could, so this program does not serve me anymore. And all it wanted me to know was that I have that program. I realize it is part of me. It's not, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just part of the whole substance of life. I don't have to run that program. My choice, that's free will. So free will in one sense, I think, is not that free because we're, there is a determining factor that we're going to make it to wherever we're supposed to be, and we're already there. For some reason, we think we're not. And that's the journey of life. That's the beauty of being born and coming to this planet. And however many times it's supposed to happen because they're like, we didn't quite get that one yet. Let's go try again. And it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. That's what I feel. But some things I went in during the printing and shame, fear, guilt, uh, abandonment. And I saw it clearly that it was you know, from my dad's dad's dad or mom's mom. And it had all been coming down. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. It all come down through the generations and, one of the most beautiful things about doing that kind of personal work and increasing your own self, let's just say giving yourself the absolute power that you know is there, it clears not only through me, but it clears through my children and their children. So mm -hmm. that touched me deeply. Oh. When I thought, yeah. Lord, my kids don't have to deal with this shit? Yeah. Of course I'm going to do the work. Why would I not? Because yes. they're going to have other things to do. They don't need to yeah. carry this with them. And I didn't get mad at their uh, ancestors for whatever came through them because they did the best they could in that minute. God knows that they helped get through, and I was only left with this little bit. So, okay, I'll take care of that. And we each do our part. So you realize, oh, it's just one big thing doing all the parts. And we're chosen to do, and that's how we do it for some others. Some people you meet would definitely change your life with one poem or one statement or one conversation. Other people would see it for 20 years and they go, I never understood anything he said. You don't make any sense to me. Yeah. But I like you. You're a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. But the presence. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing goes through. There are different fogs, different walls, different veils people have. And they, don't, they only hear you on the level that they exist on. Yeah. And it comes down to loving yourself. Truly to love myself was something I wasn't doing enough. For some reason, I didn't feel worthy. And mm -hmm. the, the, the classic things, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't think I deserved it because my marriage had fallen apart, because my dad left my life early mm -hmm. and I lost various people in my life to, they decided to take their own life. I go, what's up with all of that? Am I supposed to do that too? You know, is that the way to go? Do we, does everything get to the end and you realize they made the right choice? What's going on? Yeah. I was very confused. Yes. All of those things <laughs> definitely uh, can be very, very confusing. One, one of the things that I know is what makes my work so powerful is the simplicity that it came to me with, which is why I was able to, to really look at what's going on inside of me in what I'm going to say a rather easy 
easier than most people nice. way because every <laughs> oh, total blessing, yeah, really. which is why I'm so committed to sharing this nice. because if, if you can learn from somebody, why not borrow the easy way? Now everybody has to do their work, but yeah. the easy way is just a roadmap. And to me, I have learned that I prefer to travel with a map. It's just why not GPS. Yeah, sure. Now, of course, you can get lost in that there's an adventure in that, too. But I was so lost for so long that having a map was wonderful. And what this map did for me is it gave me the opportunity to realize that the ground is source. This, Like, to use an analogy, the ground is source, and I'm the one traveling over it. And as I began to realize that in my traveling, my own human self, my own sense of separate lineup, I was always right above source. Source was always there with me, but my journey was taking me to places like, for example, being um, uh, being born to this family where when I was born, I was the second daughter and my dad wanted a boy. So from the moment, you know, in those days, they didn't have sonogram. Yeah. My dad gets to the hospital. So almost 60 years what? ago. So disappointed. So <laughs> that's I, energy, right? That's a energy. Bundle of energy. A bundle of energy. You. So wow. from the get-go, my little car is traveling along on this beautiful, you know, ground that is called source. And I meet and my first accident. And my first accident is that I'm an accident, that I should not have been how I was. Oh, yeah. And then I continued driving my car along life, and then my dad leaves when I'm 10 years old. Another abandonment, another accident, another imprint. You log energetically, that way down you in there. log yeah. that. And it's buried. Totally. So, what I like to help people understand is that source is always there with us. We always have access mm -hmm. to it, but we hover above it like on our own, trying to figure out our own ways, situations happen with people who are hovering like we are, not connected to the ground, not connected to the source, unconscious that this is an option. And then something yeah. happens where we hit that proverbial wall and we have to stop and begin to question things. And what began to make so much sense for me is that those imprints that I had as a child of that sense of abandonment, my body held that memory because as a child, mm. I couldn't process it. Stored. So it gets stored. Yeah. And it wasn't through uh, until I began to do sound energy, uh, and just energy healing, breath work, mm. breath therapy, yeah. coaching, all kinds of things that began to move what was inside of me that then this vehicle that I am cleared off enough from operating independent so that I could merge with Mother Earth, with, yes. with God, source, whatever you want to call it. So I wasn't <laughs> traveling by myself anymore, um, denying, because I would talk about the big denial when you think that you're navigating this world by yourself, oh, yeah. and merge and receive the support of the source of all that is. So it's like we all have these two sides. The essence of who we are that is so loving and connected, joy, love, peace, and then there's this made-up story of who we are, where all of our fears are stored. Okay, so, so we have to work through those two, clean up the one and come together. Because you've done that, I mean, you're clearly talking about all of these experiences in your life that your body vehicle was experiencing traumas and deaths and um, oh, yeah. rejections and abandonment. And so I'm doing all this fun. None of it 
never affected me. I'm going to yeah. hold my sacred space and help out. I'll be kind to my mom and good to my brothers, and I'll hold the family together. Meanwhile, it was devastating me, some of the abandonment, but I was like, but I'm okay. I'm okay, because I'll just put that over here. You abandoned you yeah. to not abandon them. He gets buried, then another 10 years ago, mine is buried with all kinds of stuff. When I was doing the voice printing, as things cleared, one of the things that the facilitator told me clearly was like, look, you're clearing immense stuff. It's just going. You're very, you're ready for this. You're doing it well. As you clear, some stuff is very, very deep is going to start coming up. Yeah. So you're not done. That I was monster like, I was like, no, I'm very free. Up. I feel great. Said, yeah, yeah, of course you do. But <laughs> now that other stuff, there's nowhere to hide anymore because all that other stuff was hiding it. The yeah. stuff from, you know, when you were eight, nine, ten, or four or five, that stuff you tucked way under, gonna come up with a roar. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, it did. And then still, I just processed some over the weekend with some breath work. When, oh my God, it was still my dad, my wife, uh, and uh, my friend who had all, and my uncle, all went fairly quick and some in not good ways. And they all came and there was this massive hug. They just, I was the mm-hmm. divine feminine and masculine of everyone. There was no delineation anymore. It became this bundle. And I hugged and I turned and got a little fetal, you know, and just curled up and went, oh, I'm supposed to integrate all of that. I had never fully integrated. I knew it was there. I said, I dealt with it well. Said, yeah, oh, that's fine, Mike. But source in that moment, you've never fully integrated. you never fully accepted it as this is all you and are you embracing it? truly embraced it. I've always kept it at a distance. Yeah. So I embraced it and it was gorgeous. And it was another step, what I call another rung on the ladder, another mm-hmm. another veil lets you go. I'm like, oh, and I got, once again, light and free. And, but you know, that's, that's it's, so it's beautiful. It is. Because that was one of the things that was shown to me when I had my encounter with Source, is the oneness of everything that we appear to be separate people. There's you there, there's a microphone, there's a camera, but we're all the same one energy, which obviously quantum uh, physics is teaching us Bruce that. now, yeah. And yeah. so many teachers, Bruce Even Lipton, our thoughts, it's like they're yeah, all this, great, they're great. Not separate. <laughs> and that to me was also one of my big scary monsters that came out from inside of me was that fear of death, that fear that I had been abandoned by those who died and it was in my acceptance that the physical vessels expired, but yes. the essence, the soul, what is eternal, never left. But I left them when I was mourning their body. I wasn't present to developing a relationship with it because I hadn't been taught that I can develop relationships. Yeah, was that they were gone with non-physical. And they're, they're in the energy. And they're like, right there. Oh, I'm here, man. Going, what are you hello. doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I think I said a term the other day. You, you're probably going to love it. It's called a post-traumatic growth disorder <laughs> instead of the stress disorder. And I thought a lot of that was with me. I said, oh, it has been that because I decided to put it off and thought something was wrong. But it was it was a growth thing that said, you've got to get to this and integrate it and it'll be part of your growth. Yes. And you're looking at it as some kind of problem. It's not. It's a gift. It's a gift. Once again, all my challenges now, I used to think were challenges. They weren't. They were all opportunities. Totally. It's just gorgeous. And I go, oh, my yes. God. And that's why some people I think, I remember one lady I dated and we were done, I'd grown so much through the relationship. 
And it was because of her mirroring what I was supposed to see. And of course, I blamed her for a lot of it and wrote a few poems. And one of the greatest ones I gave to her, and said, I wrote this for you, and I want to read it to you. And I read it, and she went, I liked it. It's beautiful, fantastic. It's about you. Huh? <laughs> well, no, it's about you. She about me. No. It's about you. Oh, Are you kidding? And I read it again. Ah, shit, it's about me. Yeah. Uh, and then she had, she, I said, oh my God, you were what such a, gift she a gave you. beautiful, but she was not ready to be thanked for, you know, when yes. we were finished dating. I said, no, thank you so much for the growth. She goes, oh, you've grown immensely. You're going to be an incredible boyfriend for whoever you date next, but yeah. yeah. This thing is done between us. Our our contract is done, and um, I was supposed to do this for you. I said, well, "Thank you." Yeah. She goes, "Yeah, I don't want to be thanked for it right now because <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten the same growth out of this relationship as you have. Yeah. I know you have, and I'm proud of you. Don't thank me again." That's not ready to accept the gratitude yet. That's another, Glad you did it. I don't fabulous. Know what, I'm not ready to accept. <laughs> that's another fabulous point because my former husband, um, he was instrumental. And we were together like nine years. Um, that's how you're drawn together, right? He was yep. instrumental. Yep. I've never experienced that bond with somebody. But it, precisely because of that bond, since I knew we were all one by then, I'd already had my encounter. Thank you. I'll be prepared. <laughs> I knew whatever that irritation is, is an invitation for me to look at me. Huge. And I knew that. He didn't. Kind of like that lady knew that. Your exactly, knew that. Yeah. So, I want to get there. I want to get what I just gave to you. <laughs> lots of growth was happening. It was so beautiful and so powerful because nice. every single time I blamed him, I already knew. I had too much awareness to know it's not him, it's me. So, Isn't it beautiful? Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> gift. So coming back, he gave me more of me yep. um, while he took him away. He let me find more of me. And, of course, it was high to past lives, you know, information that keeps coming down to help us on this journey. And like you were saying, the connection of, of source so dramatically brilliant at all yeah. times. It's like, oh, God, that's why that person was in my life. And I really do want to thank him at that point. And some of the most difficult relationships have been the most rewarding. Like, oh, I just didn't see it at the time. And I would always go, I'm sorry. And you just giggle at myself. That's why laughter at myself is one of the best gifts. Oh, my God, I'm so funny. With my behavior and yeah. where I acted, that person. One of the things is to see him and tell him, "Man, I'm sorry for some of the things I said or did. I just didn't know at the time." Yeah. And some people are not ready to accept it. Others are like, "Cool, yeah. so you see it now, yeah." And you realize, "Oh my God, this is a, a being that was one once again that signed the contract millennia ago." Yeah. So I'm going to help you with that at some point on Earth, and you're probably not going to like me for it. Thank you. Thank you for doing that for and me. And it's so... Because <laughs> I love you. Yeah. They're love. We're all just love. Little bits of love floating yeah. around. And it's so difficult to understand while we are really caught up <laughs> in that the human form is all there is, that at a non-physical level, we are communicating. We are supporting each other. We're drawing to each other the lessons. Yeah. We're releasing what's complete. And learning, discerning how to trust that is is part of the journey. Yep. Let me switch the conversation. And not an electromagnetic universe, magnetic electro universe. <laughs> it really is. The magnetism between us, our energies, our vibrations. You do not draw anything into your life that's not supposed to be there. Absolutely. I mean, we have to be the ones to realize that I wasn't right. It was. Yeah. 
and, and that resistance keeps it going. That yeah. resistance is yeah. really what you resist persists. We've heard that forever. Very true. Um, Little saying makes so much truth because they they're true. You know, like that, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and that's you know the the truth being so simple is so easy to miss. I know. But let me let me I know switch the gears. Can't be that simple. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is. Yeah. Uh, one part you just said it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, gotcha. Totally. totally. Uh, let's switch gears. Yeah. Because you've done your healing, and and obviously we continue to expand and and step into more of what we are. Right. For me, it's very clear. I I am done with my human story. I am very very clear. I'm no longer seeking my divine self. I am very comfortable that my human story is a story what i am is a divine being so my growth is in embodying using this physical best vessel to let my divinity express more through it nice. so i don't go back to dig in the past it's, it's not necessary it shows up now <laughs> when i yeah. need to see it it shows up yeah but like that totally yeah. and and you've done mm -hmm. so much of that work and i would say we're we're in that place where both of us realize the truth of who we are and want to live into that and because we both have been called to assist others, mm. and you do it through your poetry and through the sound um, healing is so amazing. Let's talk a little bit about how, how has that helped you become the person that you are today as somebody who stands when you are in service to the healing of another person? What's that process like for you? Well... I think the treatment centers I work at um, have really opened me up to the fact of the matter that um, as as I hold my space and stay in my spiritual core, which is always at peace, always centered, I can just by doing that affect other people when they are affected by the chaos around them and they don't know how to deal with it. But just me being able to do it, especially at the treatment center, it's very interesting to do sound therapy at um, addiction centers or treatment centers because the, uh, the crowd I'm used to is yoga studios and wellness centers and uh, very hip uh, retreats where everyone's there to um, claim their divinity and they're part of it and they're coming to the sound out of great respect and it's very quiet and respectful. Um, not, not that way at the treatment center. Who do not want to be there? They will talk in and out of the room, doors slamming on their phone. But how do I hold my sense of space and say, I know this sound will get to you if you give it a chance, but I'm not going to demand anything of you. So it showed me how to stay centered. And just by it being your truth, being your moment, it affects people on the same level as Namaste. You know, the spirit in me sees and honors the spirit in you. Whether they know it or not, it's touching something deep within them. And I've been doing it long enough now where to have someone that was suffering through addiction or any kind of problem after three or four months and sometimes less of coming to the sound journeys and finding their own peace within that. They go, you know what? I just didn't like this whole thing at first. I didn't even like you. I go, yep, didn't matter to me. I know. You never once let it show. You didn't react. Anyway, yeah, you came in. Always bright. Did your thing. People who got it, got it. I was kind of rude a few times. I'm very sorry about that. I couldn't worry about it. You just weren't ready to receive it yet. Because people only accept and receive you on the level they're at. And if they don't, same with loving themselves. If you only love yourself to a certain amount, there's no way you can love anyone else more. So in that moment, I think I show them 
but feel that they get their own empowerment. And that's one of the most beautiful things you can do for someone to show them that they already have that power. But whatever they're witnessing in me, they're seeing now clearly that they couldn't see just a few months ago because they actually have it in them. How would you know the truth that wasn't first in you? And even if the final truth is that there is no truth, how would you know that if it wasn't already in you? So it's a very weird dichotomy, but to empower people to their own, oh, their own gifts, their own enlightenment is the most amazing thing. And you know it worked because you see them. A lot of times now have been at several centers long enough where the people who have passed through are coming back and volunteering. They're not coming back to go in the program again. They're done with it. They've recovered. They're living their life fully. And you know what? Part of living my life fully is I'm supposed to help others. And you know something has clicked. And it's true because they realize, wow, that's not someone different in the same situation as me. That's me. That's me. I'm not helping someone else. I'm helping me. And by helping others, I can make it real in the 3D reality. Like, well, it looks like I'm helping you, but really, there's only one of us here. I'm helping I'm helping me. That old solipsism belief, you know, there's only only me that exists and everything else I created. Well, everybody has that same vision. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's eight billion different points of view. Yeah. But it's all from the same point. It, <laughs> it's it, really it's crazy. The same energy. What, uh, what fractal you send it through, God knows. <laughs> and God does know. But people don't are like because because one of the things that happens, I used to see guys that did some of the stuff I do with sound and they might chant a little or, and I go, what'd you say? He goes, I don't know. I just jam with, I, I think some through. Now I'm that guy. <laughs> You're that guy. Yeah, give me a second here. Cause Cheryl said something that's just so yeah. beautiful. I want to make sure that, that I share it here. She said that she's loving this conversation, that it's wonderful to connect with folks who have this level of perspective and understanding. Cheryl, I'm so glad that this resonates with you. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, and that's why I do these conversations is because I want to offer examples of ordinary people like Michael, like me. We don't get to the place that we're at without doing the work that we've been doing. And as he just said, at some point, when you fill your cup back up, the only way to keep that cup continuing to fill itself is by letting it overflow. Otherwise, you get stale. So we have to share it. We have to extend it. And he does it through his sound ministry and in other ways in in poems. And I do it through my coaching and my classes. They mentioned that overflowing. You know, we get so full. I consider it overjoyed. One of my favorite words. I'm overjoyed. Literally, joy pours out of me. And that's why some of the presence is going to a place before I even do sound. People like, there's just something about your energy being here. Because joy is poured out now affecting anyone that was in that range. Yeah. And the room starts in the overflow of joy. And that yeah. person, it's just self, it's self-feeding. It's yes. a beautiful thing. And, and the, that's when I giggle again. I go, oh, this is good. Look yeah. at all the, everybody, everybody's overflowing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It's an amazing thing. Because as, as we, we do this work, um, and again, you know, I, I keep saying this because it bears repeating but with enough perspective on this journey, you begin to see patterns. You begin to see that, like nature, there are patterns. Totally. And, and seasons. <laughs> and seasons, absolutely. Yes, and indeed. one of the most beautiful patterns is to watch somebody come into the the, the idea of that there's got to be something else. They know there's an inkling of, of a desire to push through that, 
if they you know are. But there's there's that pull back into that that human egoic self and that struggle that they go through that we all go through. It's so wonderful to stand and and be a witness of that struggle that somebody is going through because to me it always reminds me of a caterpillar. You know, inside of that cocoon, when that butterfly is beginning to get its wings, it has to struggle to break the cocoon. It has to come out. Um, So you and I get to witness people who go through such an incredible struggle. To me, there's nothing more sacred than to witness somebody expanding their wings and moving through those limitations. And it is just so beautiful. But the only reason we can do that is because we know that they can. And because we've done it. So we're, we're exactly. another thing about the treatment center is that they're really not, anyone there is not that big on somebody who has a degree sitting in an office and whatever, coat and tie, telling them what to do. Somebody who's been through their own addiction, recovery, or issues, they identify with immediately. They go, you know what? This person knows where I'm at, what I'm feeling. Wow. That other person read a book and is telling me what they interpreted as doesn't resonate and it comes to resonance as a vibrational sound therapist it's about resonance what we call sympathetic entrainment you start to bond in an energetic manner and then that person starts to hear you you could be speaking all day this close to them not a word is going in their head they are not listening they hear you but they're not listening and then you click once again a magnetic sense of a resonance it's very much as attraction and then the words wake up inside of them, no matter what you say. You could you could probably like get my sound journey go, and people that's the most beautiful thing I ever heard. What you say, what you hear. It's a much better question. It yeah. doesn't matter what I said. By the time I left my lips, floated through space, interpreted by electronic signals in your brain, and yeah. you heard something. I don't know what you heard, yeah. but it was exactly what you're supposed to hear. It's the most beautiful thing ever it changed my life. The yeah. bad it could come through me. And once again, I didn't do it. It came through me for you. So you actually, that me created this for so for me to give that to you. What? You blew it in the mind. Of course. And that's one of the, the <laughs> Get patterns. Get out of the mind. <laughs> yes. That's one of the patterns you begin to realize. Yes, exactly. Is as people open up, they begin to receive more and more and more because what they're cultivating that that we as a teacher have cultivated to whatever degree we have is a trust in a benevolent universe that is supporting every single one of us, yes, which is one of my favorite things to really talk about. Yeah, because when I shifted my perspective about what the world was doing to me or what the world was going to give to me, it was like, that was so now I, I don't want to offend anybody. Cause I'm not saying this is where you are, <laughs> but it's where I was. Yeah. It was so yeah, childish. Only speak for me. <laughs> totally. I only speak for me. <laughs> My constant acquiring and getting and protecting was so immature and so from this perspective, what a waste of time. But again, back to what we said earlier, trust that that was the stepping stones that brought me to where I am. So today with that awareness, my favorite thing that I never tire of is spending time with God is, is, is inside of that inform me. I want the wisdom of God, not Lina's little bitty wisdom that I can hold. I want God's wisdom. When we develop that trust and you develop that trust, 
Yes. How do you see the world now? Well, then, then I really don't. One thing about wasting time is people think this time doesn't exist. You can't really waste. Exactly. It. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, I see it as um, spending time with God. Well, every moment is that. I don't have anything that's not spending time with God. And I, carpentry proved that to me because our disappeared so deeply in the carpentry that it really brought me back to faith. I'd really kind of left faith behind being brought up very Roman Catholic and um, very much a, a Catholic way of belief. And I had my issues with the brothers and the priests as, in my life as it unfolded. So I'd left all of that behind. I said, I don't like any of it. I don't believe in the organization of any of it. And I don't think that's what Spirit said anyway. You tell me what Jesus said, I'll tell you what I think it meant. I don't know, you can do it. will tell you what it means. Well, I don't like this at all. So Carmentry brought me back to faith again. It's amazing. But that flow, I thought, what is that? When I step into that and I disappear and I, I cannot be hurt by any of the tools, I don't get any splinters, everything fits perfectly. Where do I go in that moment that it's, I'm not really there? That's when I'm completely guided by source and trusting source. I, I have to get back to my faith. And that's kind of when I found unity and um I just liked that they were open to believe any way I wanted as so long as I believed, you know, yeah. and they didn't care about really what, that you believe in the oneness, some, there's something greater than all of us. And I said, yes, I yeah. do believe in that, but you're welcome here. Yeah. And they also, I remember the first time I walked in, getting back into my faith was Reverend Carol was uh, there. And the first day I went in, she said, you know, I'm glad everyone's here, but I don't want to see you here every Sunday. You know, some Sundays go do something else, go to the mountains, stay in bed late, but don't come here every Sunday. It made me go there every Sunday. I'm like, well, I like this place already. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, the reverse psychology, I'm Michael. And now I consider her a friend. Now I got to know her. And I, but no, but you just said it so truthfully. You are trying to make it. So you really meant it. Because even you. It into a ritual. Yeah, even her. Yeah. She goes, some Sundays, I, I don't want to come. I let someone else take, and I'm taking the day off. You yeah, know, totally. it's not a commitment to forever. It's the moment. I need you to live in the moment. And yeah. truly, that, I think that's what makes a difference for me these days. And you know, like um, touching people um, with sound or with poetry, it's that sometimes there's just barren earth in their, in their world in that section. And what my sound or my poetry does is till the soil. It, it just tills it a little bit till they go, oh, there's growth happening here. Yeah. And they think I did it. But the beautiful thing, it just happened while I was there. Yes. Like when sound, especially, I go, thanks for what you did. I go, actually, I just provided the soundscape. You mm -hmm. did it. It was something inside of you that woke up. I didn't put that there. It's yeah. like when people go, I got to go to the top of the mountain and find God. I go, well, unless you bring God with you, you're not going to find him on top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. But the mountain might show you that he's inside of you, and you'll think he was on top of the mountain. Not true. I know not so true. many. We have these big things, you know. I have to, I have to do this month-long retreat because I find myself. You're already with yourself, you know. Yeah. Wherever so you go, there you are. Hey, wherever you, know, that you are, there you are. And you always say you're not by yourself; you're with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has just been a beautiful conversation. <laughs> I am just so grateful that we had this time and that it worked out that we did it together. Are so we done already? <laughs> we are done. We're we're coming to look at the time. Oh my it's God. amazing. And Cheryl. Um, Macaulay you, says that um, Michael has been a helpful angel teacher to her for, for several years. Thank you, Cheryl. How beautiful to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love you. And I, I just want to share um, with, with the audience that next week, because um, we do these every single Monday, this is uh, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. 
on October 21st. My next guest is going to be Tamala Mallet, and she is a channel. She is a spiritual teacher. She's a life coach. She is, she's just a powerhouse and one of my becoming, you know, a very, very dear friend. So she's going to be one that I'm going to be interviewing because like everybody, she has come into alignment and now like Michael and I goes out to help others also align with the truth that is inside of them. Because what Michael said was so perfect. It's a, it's already inside of us, wherever we go there, it is always has been. And this is a journey of realizing that we just forgot it was inside of us and we got busy looking for it outside. But the, the awakening that is happening in the world right now is the vibrational resonance. It, it is. Things are getting stirred up because we are being called back to remembering our truth. So it, these are exciting times. So one last thing for you, Michael, tell people how can they find you? And some of our audience only hears this. So if you want to share uh, websites or anything like that, make sure you spell them out, please. Sure. You can find uh, me on my website at uh, michaelmurphyburk.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-U-R-P-H-Y-U-R-K-E.com, C-O-M. A lot of stuff on my website, and I think my number's on there, too. You feel free to contact me any way you want. If we're supposed to speak, we will. And then I'm on Facebook as Michael Burke, Michael Burke Sound Artist. And I think Michael Burke Dancing with the Divine, the name of my poetry book. And I'm on Instagram as Michael Burke 801. And uh, please just uh, tune into any of those. Or um, if you're in the Atlanta area, please come out to one of the sound journeys I do monthly all around the city. I'm, I'm honored to have you there. And I look forward to meeting everyone. And thank you, Lina. I love you. Did <laughs> yeah. you ever meet here? No, it was a... It's a new thing, so yes, thank it's you. It's worked out. <laughs> it has. I see you brought your poetry book. Is there <laughs> any way we can squeeze another minute or two? And um, let's see if you can gift us. Yeah. I've got your book. Yeah, it's beautiful. Sure. Let's do uh, no. So while Michael finds that poem that he wants to read to us, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us today. We've had a lovely audience and love the feedback. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. So you want me to read a piece yeah, from here? Yeah, just read, read one piece. Whichever one resonates. Let's do completely incomplete. Oh, that would be a good way to finish. That's a, a beautiful statement. The absolute purity of truth lies between each breath when we are neither breathing in nor breathing out. We are the stillness of the seventh day when even the creator took a break. We are the potential of a chance, the epitome of yet to be. We are the lotus unopened. We are birth in all its glory without ever being Empowered with closure before the beginning, seeded and fertilized, an egg before the shell. An eternal idea born of one love, an expected passion. With no connection to a state of being, for we have yet to become. 
We are the stars in the sky before there was a sky. We are the thought of a Shiva before she was even dust. We, we are the essence of a savior before one was ever needed. Consumed in the purity of peace, swallowed in the belly of beyond before. Giving in is not giving up. Surrender is acceptance, not defeat. Understanding this means nothing, and nothing exists by itself. Nothing is the space between breaths. Find yourself in space, all of it. We are complete long before we are incomplete. Oh my gosh, thank you. Welcome. So beautiful, so beautiful. Oh, you got to order Dancing with the Divine by Michael Murphy Burke. I have that book of poetry and I want you to have it this well. Thank you all so much and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Till next week in the next Align with Lina. Bye-bye. Uh, no, I just have.